Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we understand, it's that money can be confusing. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money today on Talking Sense. So last week, we talked about New Year's resolutions, and I would imagine that the vast majority of us, at least to some degree, would love to have more savings, less credit card debt, or less debt in general, and really applying ourselves to our employer plan. And we talked last week about how people tend to get derailed from those resolutions. Um, So this week, we're going to get a little more granular on those. And when I was preparing for this, the title of this is Start, Stop, Continue. There's this silly song that, um, oh boy, it's a purple dinosaur for those of you that grew up in my generation. Barney, Um, come on. (laughs) Really? And and (laughs) the the thing says, green means go, yellow means slow, red means stop, stop, stop. And Mm -hmm. I kept thinking of this song in my head, mostly because my daughter, my four-year-old, sings it all the time. And so today we're going to talk about evaluating your finances in those three areas, credit card debt, cash savings, and your employer plan or your IRA savings. And we're going to kind of categorize it by like green is good things that you should continue. Yellow is things you need to be cautious of. You may need to stop them depending on your personal situation. And red is things that we would just love it if you could just stop, stop, stop. Okay. Yeah. No, and these are great things. I, I love the way that uh, that we're doing this because I think there's a lot of people out there that kind of struggle with that concept of, you know, are these good things that, that we need to do? You know, a lot of times it really just comes down to what is talked about around the water cooler, right? Yes. And, oh, well, this person did it. So I'm surely or that's... this website on Google says that this thing builds your credit. You know, those that are like, oh, I need multiple cards because yes. I need to build my credit. Do you? You know, got to know yourself. Right. Um, so we're going to break that down and, and we're going to start with credit cards. Mm-hmm. So talking about the red zone, things that we just wish you would just stop. Yeah. So let's start with paying only the minimum. Yeah. I have done debt analysis reports for people before that have shown that if they paid the minimum and they never added to it again, it would take them decades to pay off a credit card balance. They want you to stay due. They want you to have to pay them interest every single month. Uh, I have a, a, at one point in my life, I had a card that I owed about six grand on. I'd had some major emergencies back before I had emergency savings. My minimum payment was $40 a month. Yeah. There is no way I'm paying off $6,000 worth of credit card at $40 a month. Yeah, especially, exactly. (laughs) Especially because it's 20, 25% interest. Yes. So So, what I thought was funny is that it wasn't until, you know, not too long ago mm -hmm. that credit card companies were actually required to start putting on the statement how long it would take for them to pay that card off mm-hmm. if they only did the minimum payment, right? Yeah, that's and then astonishing. Yeah, it's like finally, finally. If we we're gonna rant about anything in the financial industry, it would be that it's the like the lack why, of transparency. The lack of transparency. Why did that not happen sooner, right? Like whenever mm-hmm. you think about debt, whenever you think about what it does to people and how. Uh, credit card companies take advantage of their clients, their consumers. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous that that didn't start sooner. Yes. And if you've already got credit card debt, the next thing we wish you would please, please stop is stop increasing your debt load by adding to it. Now, mm-hmm. let me be clear. If you've had like a medical emergency and your life depends on it or your health depends on it, obviously you've got to do what you've got to do uh, if you didn't already have the, the savings in place. But we're talking about most people are not putting those types of purchases. They're going and yeah. getting their coffee. They're going to buy lunch, things that they could do something less costly 
to replace. Yeah, yeah. Or, well, you know, well, we can't miss Christmas, right? So we're going to put it all on a credit card. It's like, well, yeah, it, it's, it's great that you want to, you know, give your family Christmas. How about you think about that in January, right? And <laughs> by start saving up for Christmas, you know it's coming, right? It's yes. the same day every year. So. And this episode is airing in January. So if you have in the past had to use credit <laughs> card debt, now is the time to start that savings account so that next year you've got the money set aside already. And exactly. I'll tell you guys, this is like my kryptonite. I'm, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I, every year, my children's birthdays and Christmas just sneak up on me financially. <laughs> Thankfully, I've gotten into the habit of keeping more emergency <laughs> savings. Sneak up on me. I know, it, not literally, obviously, <laughs> but I, I tend to forget to plan yeah. for them. And so I, I've had to use emergency <laughs> savings in the past, but I also don't go big. Uh, I'm not one of those that goes and spends thousands for Christmas. That's not me. Um, I give a very modest Christmas because for me, it's about focusing on other things. But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> so so we've talked about paying only the minimum. We've talked about continuing to add to your debt. Mm -hmm. What's another thing that we need you to stop? Yeah. So one of the things that we see a lot of people do, especially when they have multiple line items on the debt side of you know their finances, is doing a bit of a shotgun approach and mm -hmm. paying just a little bit extra to all of those debts, right? So mm -hmm. let's say that they've got five different debts and they have all a minimum payment of like $50. Well, mm -hmm. they're paying maybe an extra $5 each or maybe a, you know, a little extra to one of them, but generally it's pretty scattered. Mm -hmm. So there's not really a rhyme or a reason or really much benefit from that. Mm -hmm. So you know, we've talked about how what we recommend is a much more direct approach, right, to putting all of that extra into one place. And I mean, there's there's a pretty clear uh, benefit to that, right? Yes, we've got software that shows the impact on how much interest you pay and how quickly you pay things off, which the quicker is, is the part that always astonishes me, how much faster. So to be specific, if you have those same five accounts and you're putting basically $10 each extra, take that $50 extra that you're paying and only put it on one of them. And you mm -hmm. can pick which one. There's a lot of debate about whether you pick the one with the lowest balance or the highest interest. Either one's fine. Yeah. You're going to make progress regardless. But the key is when you pay one off, the whole amount that you're paying towards that one goes on the next one and then goes on the next one. Some people will call this a snowball approach because it gets bigger and bigger the amount you're, go you're putting towards the debt by the end of it. And then oh, once yeah. you've paid it all off, You've got a lot of options to do other things. So the red, the thing to stop would be putting a little bit on each. The thing to start would be targeting one card at a time. Exactly. And then the last thing is balance transfers. Yeah. Creating yeah. this like, it's almost like what we would have called kiting checks when I was younger, where oh. you've got multiple accounts. I used to be a teller at a bank. So you've got accounts <laughs> at different banks. You write a check from bank A to bank B mm -hmm. that you know you can't cover. Right. And then from bank B to bank A to cover that one. So you're basically like, Oh, yeah. It's, it's it's a bad situation. It's a game. Yeah. It can catch it's, up to you real it's fast. A, <laughs> it's like a dog chasing its tail, right? It's just you're, you're kind of, yeah, you're playing this endless game. And ultimately, I mean, the, the credit card companies are pretty smart on this, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, you know, yeah, you're, they're going to, they see that you're going to save yourself on a little bit of interest, but you're, you're, they're going to charge you a transfer fee, mm -hmm. right? And they know that a lot of folks are going to get stuck in this cycle, Right. So they're going to end up paying a bunch of different uh, balance transfer fees and that at some point they're going to run out of balance transfer fees right? Mm -hmm. because it's not like they're just offered all the time. Correct. Right. So and when that happens, there's going to be typically a pretty sizable chunk of debt that is going to come due at a pretty high interest rate. Yes. So they can some companies will even say you got 18 months 
of 0% interest. If you don't pay it off during that 18 months, there's interest that backdates mm -hmm. in some cases that call yeah. that a balloon payment of some sort or interest balloon. So those are some things we'd love it if you could stop. Yeah. So if the your do, goal is to get rid of credit cards. <laughs> yes. So the do on that one would be to if you just did your a balance transfer, right, then you've got a certain time period where it will be interest free, so to speak, because you had to pay a balance transfer fee. Regardless of that, make sure to schedule the time for when you're going to need to have that that paid off, right, which mm -hmm. is kind of the, the term that they gave you. And make sure to be paying on that enough to where it's going to be gone by the time that, yeah, the, the promotional interest rate is up. So Yes, and I always, you know, in my past when I was working on some credit card debt, I did use this. Um, I used a 0% interest kind of thing one time. And what I did was I had 18 months. So the way I scheduled my payments was so that it would be paid off in 16, just to make mm, sure. Yeah. Because then if something Good. happened and I had a month where I couldn't pay, I had some wiggle room. So that's some of the things we wish you would stop. Let's talk about a couple of things that you just need to be cautious of. And this is one that has bitten me more times than I care to be honest about. <laughs> it's the having several cards. Yeah. I have never not paid a credit card because I had no money. Mm -hmm. I have forgotten to pay a credit card because I didn't realize it was due. It's a problem. It's keeping track of so many things. It's honestly with, you know, as many kids as you got, I think you'd be a pro at it by now. But no, <laughs> no, no but it's it's crazy because it's just another thing to pile on, you know, the endless list of things that we already have to keep track of. Yes. And most cards are paperless, which is what really got me. Mm. I had a card that was paperless and I had switched emails. So that sucker sat for almost a year. And I let me be clear, it had a $15 purchase that I don't even remember making on it because I thought I had stopped using the card altogether. And then finally, I got a phone call from a bill collector. And I'm like, wait, I owe how much for this $15 purchase? It was several hundred dollars Oh man! because it was $30 a month that I didn't pay. So be mindful that if you have a bunch of different cards, it would really behoove you to, A, if you're not using it, just go ahead and close the account so that no one else can use it too. Um, but lower the number of cards you have, especially the store cards. Those are the ones that tend to sneak past you um, and tend to have the highest interest rates, too. And limit yourself to one or two so that you don't have a lot to track. Behoove is just one of those words I've never heard. Well, it, okay, I use a just, lot of words that probably no one else does. <laughs> just a funny word. And then um, even if you're paying them off monthly, again, it is easy to forget one. So mm -hmm. that's the one we'd, we'd encourage you to be cautious about when it comes to credit cards. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it certainly is not the best way to go about it. So we've talked about the negative. Yeah. What are some best practices okay. with credit cards? This, this is my this is my favorite part. This is the green light go, right? Mm -hmm. So that that's anytime that I'm stopped at a red light, it's almost like it's like a race. But anyway, <laughs> shouldn't be that way. Anyway. <laughs> so pay it off, pay those credit cards off every month, right? Like that's the the healthiest thing to do. Uh, there's a myth out there, right, that we have busted, I don't know how many times now, mm -hmm. that if you keep a balance, it actually helps your credit. No, it doesn't. Right? So having, uh, getting uh, rid of that payment and actually having a lower debt uh, ratio as far as your credit utilization ratio, uh, that is going to be your, your best way of uh, increasing your credit score. Uh, another one is negotiating your interest rate down. I don't right. think many people know this, but you can actually call the credit card company and, and threaten to do a, an exchange. Tell them, hey, I'm about to transfer my balance to XYZ company. They're offering a better rate. Mm -hmm. So often they will let you lower your rate for a period of time at your existing provider. So you can do that and, and help yourself out. If you're paying 25, maybe get it down to 19 so you can pay it off a little faster. Yeah. 
And, and the last one is kind of what we already said as far as just targeting, you know, the extra funds that you have available to one, one debt, right? So again, if you're like me and you're, you know, the type of person that's just like sitting there at the starting line, like, okay, like, like, let me add them, right? So mm-hmm. these are the things to do, right? Pay them off each month, negotiate that interest rate down and use a targeted approach. Yes. And we camped out a lot on credit cards because we know that one tends to be a burden for a lot of people. We've got two more to talk about and we're going to have to go a little bit faster with those. But the next one is cash savings. And as I've mentioned before, this past year, 2022 was a hot mess for me when it comes to things (laughs) affecting my savings. But I'm so grateful that I had preemptively gotten that there so I didn't have to go into the credit card debt side. Um, (laughs) But the thing that we wish people would really consider stopping is having little to no savings. Yes. Um, I mean, what happens if you have an emergency arise? And especially if you've got credit card debt, using those cash balance, those cash advances, those are extremely expensive. The interest rate on those is way higher. There's always a fee for that. So please, 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 if you don't have any savings, just get started getting some. Exactly. And some of the things that we would caution to say, okay, you know, not depending on your situation, maybe it could be a good thing. But for a lot of folks, it's not a great thing is keeping your emergency savings mixed in with other savings, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I've got multiple accounts uh, for for savings, some for travel, uh, some for housekeeping, things like that. Uh, When you kind of mix everything in, then that can become a problem because it's like, okay, if I've got my travel budget in with my emergency funds, then really easy to go over budget and not realize it. Yeah, it's it's happened to me one or two times. I don't know how you know Mm -hmm. that, but okay, Mm -hmm. thanks for rubbing that in. And using that emergency savings for non-emergencies is absolutely not going to help you meet your goals. Right. Um, And then please, please, please don't invest your emergency savings. You need it to be liquid. I know. For some people, that's we've had many clients call and say, well, the market's down. I want to put this in. And we're like, no, because if you need it in less than a year, investment is not a good plan for it. Yeah. The only caveat to that would be if you're looking at investing into something that's pretty secure, like CD rates right now are pretty good. So you're going to be able to get a lot more bang for your buck in that in that sense. But if you're going to do that, then make sure that you've got the right uh, time frame for that. So, yes, for example, you lose liquidity. You don't have the ability to access it in an emergency, which is the point of your emergency savings. In that sense, it would be like having three months worth in in liquid, just cash, and then having maybe like a three-month CD that comes mm-hmm. due, right? So that if you had to use it, then it, you it could access it. Yeah, you could access it at that mm-hmm. point. And then our green light, our things that we wish you would just go, go, go with is if you're working on debt, you're working on other things, having a minimum of $2,000 mm-hmm. in savings for emergencies And then once you've got that debt taken care of, working towards three to six months worth of your expenses in emergency savings. And then the other thing would be to use an interest-bearing FDIC-insured bank account. Be cautious. There are a lot of things out there that call themselves savings vehicles that aren't actually FDIC-insured bank accounts. So just be cautious of that with your emergency savings. We're not talking about all your money, but your emergency savings. That's right. That's why we actually had that episode not too long ago on Mm -hmm. those cash apps like Venmo and all of those places. Definitely not the the best places that you want to keep your emergency fund in. Correct. And our last area to talk about is your employer plan or your IRA savings. So the things that we would wish people could stop is not participating, having no investment strategy, or cashing it out, treating it like a savings account that you dip into from time to time because there's penalties, there's taxes. It's just really not in your best interest to do that typically. Definitely. And some of the things to probably hold back on, uh, some things that may not be really benefiting you as much as you think is things like uh, only capturing the match, for example. So if your company has a 6% match, let's say, then 
uh, only contributing 6% just to get that match, right? That's, that's a very good place to start, but depending on your retirement goals, might not be serving you as much as, as you think it, it is. And then the other one is taking out loans, right? So again, this could be a good or a bad thing. Uh, if you really, really need it, it is better than uh, you know getting a loan from other places like credit cards, uh, but it's still not not a great practice, and it's something that will hold you back from uh, being able to get a good return if in an up market. So again, just some things to to be careful of. And the kind of the gold standard, the thing that we would love for people to start in that area is adding to your plan with purpose and with a goal in mind. You know, if you have the destination in mind, you've taken the time to do some planning, then you know exactly how much you need to put into that plan to reach those goals, and that also helps you create your investment strategy. So that's the, kind of the gold standard, the green light for IRAs and employer plans. So we've run out of time today. It's time for us to give our two cents. Yeah. And so tell us, Mark, what's your two sure. cents from today? Yeah. So if you've listened to us today and you've seen, you've caught yourself doing a lot of the things that we are talking about in being in the red area, then you know take some steps today to move to that green area. It's again, it's your finances and it's only to your benefit. Yes. And remember that small steps over time add up. So don't let yourself be overwhelmed by where you are or where you've been. Start by taking steps today towards where you want to be in the future. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on Talking Sense. Join us next week when we talk about financial fads and how to avoid them so that you can get rich slowly. Thanks for listening to Talking Sense. And if you like what you hear, make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The Gym Wealth team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Or you can call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors, and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Jim Walt Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.